Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. It's Friend or Foe Friday, and we're going to be looking at another randomly chosen monster from the D&D Monster Manual. So first of all, I'm going to roll this sweet, sweet red D30 I'm holding to find out which monster we're doing. So here we go. And that is a 24. Which is X. There is only one creature under there. So you're rolling the second Zorn. dice. Page 304. I'm not familiar with this creature at all. I believe they're an earth elemental sort of style creature. So it seems the... to have an enormous mouth instead of a head. So what does the 5th edition monster manual say about the Zorn then, Anna? So, bizarre creature native to elemental plane of earth. Sniff out gemstones and precious metals. They live all around the Underdark. Also, it's a Horta quality. But for those of you who don't get that, that's a Star Trek original series reference. Yeah, like sniffs yeah, out so, gems and stuff like that. Yeah, so they basically like move through earth or stone as if it was water. Um, these don't leave a tunnel behind them like the Horta does, so they're less useful for that. They eat gemstones and precious metals, so they may also not be quite so useful for finding them. Unable to consume organic material. They will attempt to plead or bargain in the hope of convincing the owners to give up their treasure, offering up information once it's learned from its travels in exchange. (coughs) And as one whose requests are ignored, might resort to threats or bullying. So they basically scrounge around the Underdark looking for gemstones, beg adventurers to give them gemstones if they can smell adventurers have got gemstones and then try and mug them if they won't trade for it. Okay, so do you want to pass me that and see if they're in the uh, the second AD&D monster manual? Mm-hmm. Which looks quite different on the picture. Although, again, I think I prefer the older one. I don't know, I like the style of this artwork more, but I do prefer the new monster design. Obviously, we appreciate you guys can't see this, but in the, the AD&D second edition monster manual... It almost looks like a sort of silvery, like fish-like creature with like a, a sort of sandworm-esque mouth in the top of its head, four eyes and these four long arms, quite sort of squat. Whereas in the fifth edition, it's like this big rocky brown thing with like a fanged maw on the top of its head. Again, multiple arms, but they're much more musclier, clawed. Its skin has more of a sort of rubbery texture rather than it looks like scales in the older version and it generally looks sinister and darker as seems to be the trend with fifth edition artwork so what does it say in the second ed book so they seem to be quite similar generally peaceful begging for gemstones and then it notes that dao d-a-o have been known to hunt them for sport and use them as slaves i have no idea who the dao are either um they're probably not made it to fifth ed. Or if they're a type of genie or something like that, like elemental genie. I'm not very wrong. Something called a Zaran, which is like a sub-race of the Zorn. Same combat abilities, slightly smaller, slightly shinier, and they crave magical metal. So obviously this is the uh, classic second ed level-up version of the monster. Yeah, here we go. Doubt greedy, malicious genies from the elemental plane of Earth. Oh, there you go. Uh, apparently they look like that big rocky type people who sort of fade away into like a dust cloud. Mm. Yeah, so the Zaran is just a much 
tougher version of the Zorn, yeah. who seems to be a bit more likely to mug you for your gear and a bit more capable of doing so. So, the metal-eating creature. Obviously, we're not going to find this specific one in the Book of Mythology. No, well, no, I doubt it very much. I will check. But... Yeah. Harry Potter has the Nifflers, which yeah. are pretty much skipped out from the first set of movies and not... Well, nobody particularly loved the Fantastic Beasts movies, so, yeah. Um... But the creature itself is quite an interesting idea, just this creature that will go out and find shiny stuff for you. Um, and I mean, obviously, if we look at um, if we look at mo- modern day sort of like folklore, we've got the idea of like magpies like stealing like shiny stuff, which isn't true, but it's still like widely quoted now. I, I can't think of anything else that's sort of particularly well known as like stealing metal. I'm going to find some way to put this. I'll have a quick look on the internet. Well, I think there's a few creatures in um, other bits of D&D that have been created for, like, the metal-stealing part of it. I'm not well, so sure there's the about rust the, monster, uh, isn't there? Which, like, yeah. rusts metal away to, like, consume it. Yeah. Now, unsurprisingly, there isn't anything in the big book of mythology under X for Zorn. Uh, oh, that's quite interesting. There's, like, various real-world fungus and... Uh, bacteria sorry john's just taking a look to see if we can find anything else on the internet yeah real world stuff that can eat metal including a myth that ostriches can eat metal indeed apparently (laughs) there are many different legends in the middle ages about imaginary beasts and imaginary properties that are described to real beasts and one of these was apparently in the middle ages it was widely believed that ostriches could eat and digest iron uh, there were some observations stating that the ostrich, like many birds, eats stone, but this bird is quite big and the stones were quite huge. Perhaps the stones impressed people, so they concluded they could eat almost anything, including metal. And apparently this was mentioned by Pliny, saying that the, it digested objects and swallowed them indiscriminately. There you go. In, icon, in iconography, iron, mainly represented by a horseshoe or more rarely by a nail, becomes the iconographic attribute of the ostrich, so no one could confuse it with any other long-legged and long-necked bird. Obviously, today we know that no animal can actually digest iron, but it, it's an ancient belief, and it says here that there was some... Uh... So, back to the zone itself. If you were going to be using this in game, whereabouts would you put it? The elemental plane of Earth. <laughs> To be honest, my main problem with the sort of monsters like this and is that this monsters it makes sense on the elemental plane of Earth, where like, everywhere is made of Earth and there's metal and gems in the thousands. But it makes less sense it being on the material plane. I mean, unless one gets sort of trapped here for whatever reason, which you can do a certain number of times, but after a while it get ridiculous if you're like, oh, it's the fifth zone we've fought this week. Mm-hmm. But I can't picture why one would voluntarily want to come to the material plane where what they eat is a lot rarer. Well, you know, wizards keep summoning elementals. Yeah, yeah, now but, and then they roll a one. Yeah, but like you said, that can only happen so many times. But um, again, I think it, it, it'd be a bit like me sort of saying that, oh, well, I could say in this uh, this nice countryside in this town where I've got everything I want, but you know, I, I keep, keep fancy like popping along to the desert where I have to like really scrabble for. So we're agreed that you're not likely to want to put a like 
wave of Zorn tourists in the middle yeah, of I your mean, I think main the most, game. most obvious example is but, the one that you've pointed out where some sort of wizard has summoned it. I mean, it's the iconic sort of lazy man plot in D&D. Wizard's done it. And that, that that's why the creature's there. He's tried a summoning. It's gone wrong. Or he was summoning a Zorn for some reason. Maybe he wants to get at some treasure deep under the earth. And maybe it's like he doesn't want to disturb the foundations of a building it's on. Or he wants like a spy that can move through through the earth. That that makes a degree of sense. But obviously there's only so many like powerful wizards in the world who could do that. So See, I'd see it as... A fairly interesting, like, low-level adventure for a party that tends to talk rather than just fighty-fighty-fight. If you're going to just attack this thing, then, like pretty much every other adventure, it's going to come down to a series of dice rolls in a combat, and then you loot the corpse. Yeah, see, again, I... But I do think that the, like, the story idea of someone that's lost on this plane that can't eat anything here unless it begs it off people that that could be quite a good thing to be like menacing the local village for a low-level party to go and deal with and it means that they've also got this option to resolve it diplomatically rather than just kill the bad guy which is always a nice thing see i agree with you but my problem with the zone as it's presented is it literally says in there it'll try and bargain to get some to get some gems or whatever if not, it might resort to like bullying and violence. So effectively, it's going to turn up and be like, "Give me your gems." And if the player characters probably, as they will do, were like, "No, get bent," it's going to turn into a combat encounter. Well, I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, obviously, you can finesse that as a as a GM. And like I said, I think your idea is far more interesting having a bit of a negotiation. But the way it's presented in the book by default, it is pretty much a "Give me your gems." No, fight. Well, yeah. But, you know, what What do you want from uh, <laughs> one of the few creatures that begins with an X? In fact, the only one that begins with an X in the current brand of D&D. See, again, I don't, I don't like to lightly use the term filler monster when it comes to, to a monster manual. But, but the Zorn, and I, and I know I've seen it referenced before, that's how I knew it when you mentioned it. It does strike me as very much one of those sort of filler monsters where they were like, oh... We've got some space in the monster manual. Oh, what letter haven't we got? Yeah, oh, X. All oh, right, chuck some vowels and some consonants in there. Like we're playing some sort of demented game of monster countdown. All oh, right, yeah, Zorn, um, where's it from? The elemental plane of Earth, what does it do? Um, the, the soil there, oh, yeah, it can move through soil. Uh, what does it live on? Oh, there's only really metal. Yeah, it's metal. As I say, if you wizards doing a lot of summoning creatures from elemental planes and he rolls a one yeah. and you need a filler story, this is a great creature for it. Otherwise, you know, there's probably a few uses for it. If you wizards overusing his elemental magic and he's rolled a one and you need a bit of filler, this is a really good creature. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, I think obviously another example of a of a scenario you can do involving them is if you have your players travel to the elemental plane of Earth. Now, obviously, just sort of leaping around the planes willy nilly doesn't tend to happen in a D and D game unless you're of a certain level. But that doesn't mean there can't be portals there. You you could have a dungeon which is like part of it's in the real world, part of it's in the elemental plane of Earth. So you could certainly bring them in that way. And rather than having the thing like, oh, it's a wizard now who summoned it, what if, what if there was some wizard who opened a plane to the elemental plane of Earth, something came out and killed him, 
but the portal was still there, but it's in like a buried ruin or something like that. So we, we've talked about its um, metal-eating capabilities. The other interesting ability that it's got is its ability to swim through earth and stone. Yeah, now, I, I think one of the things I wonder about, and it doesn't specifically mention this, but obviously, you know, if you're the GM, you can make your own choices, is, is that ability consciously controlled? Now, I presume it must be, because otherwise it'd, like, fall through the ground when it was trying to walk on it. Well, yeah. So it must be able to, like, affect stuff normally, but it can swim through it. So if you're a wizard, and let's say you've got, like, oh, you, you, your enemy's castle's over there, and you're like, oh, I need to find a way through those impregnable walls so, like, my soldiers can get in or whatever. If you've got a couple of Zorn on the payroll, send them swimming through the earth underground. You get to, like, the... Um, the foundations of the castle they like turn it off on the claws rip the foundations to shreds or disrupt the earth mm-hmm. and like collapse the wall of the castle you send your soldiers in so yeah as a higher level character these could make really good hirelings if you can afford to keep them but you've not just got to keep them in gold as like gold to buy food with because mm. they eat gold uh, and they're going to want more than that they yeah. don't just want one meal <laughs> they're going to want more than that um, well, so what, you're going to have um, to find a way to what if you put a bit of a from... twist on that story what if, you, what if your wizard has summoned him here and he's like oh serve me for blah blah amount of time and I'll send you back to the elemental plane of earth and they've been serving him for a while and he keeps stringing him along what if their party are like approached by the Zorn who were like oh look we're being forced to work for this wizard we don't want to work for him but he's like our only way home can you help us out Mm. And also, give us your gold. But uh, or maybe they can say like maybe they've saved up some of the gold that they've been given to eat because they know that like other races value it, and they're sort of like denying their natural urge to eat it because they're like, oh, maybe we can like hire someone to like help us out. Or think about if you maybe if you needed to use the castle example again. What if instead of collapsing the castle, maybe you need like some spies? You want to know what's going on in the castle. I mean, if the Zorn can swim through those like thick ass stone walls of a castle, like they can mm-hmm. swim through Earth, they could easily just sort of like pop their ear out of a wall, listen to everything that's going on and report back. Oh, yeah. So, we found a few uses for them then. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're the most likely sort of creature to be popping up regularly in a campaign. But, you know, if you're running uh, an adventure which has links to the elemental plane of Earth or you want to have a creature, you want to sort of find a use for its ability to move through stone. Like you say, you could always do a sort of retread of that older... original series Star Trek Horter episode where mm-hmm. there's some sort of like rocky creature that at first I think is just a monster and then they find out it's protecting its eggs. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like a Zorn and it's being forced to work by a wizard because like the young Zornlings are being like held hostage effectively and maybe it's trying to get help. I think it could have been an interesting spin on it like that. But I do think it's one of those monsters where it'd be like a rare or sort of one-off occurrence and you'd have to put a little bit of thought into it. Mm-hmm. I think just as a regular sort of everyday like oh no here comes the monster sort of combat encounter they're not particularly interesting and yeah there's a, there's an interesting tactical element because if you're fighting one like in the open it can disappear under the ground come up elsewhere stuff like that but i, I don't think it's as interesting as some of the creatures although like i say its ability to alter parts of the battlefield could be interesting in a tactical sense if you're into like your miniatures or your tactical play and stuff like that Mm. So, that's the Zorn then. 
Indeed. So we hope you've enjoyed that episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us an email at rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail message on SpeakPipe. There's a link in the show's description. We really do appreciate those calls from you. So until we see you next time, take care, stay safe and happy gaming. See you later. Bye. Fighty, fighty, fight. What does it want? Metal. When does it want it? Now. Or else. Fight! Mm-hmm.